The book of 1 Samuel this morning, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. It is good to be saved, isn't it? I think it's okay to be happy about being saved, born again, forgiven. Uh, if you can't be happy about being forgiven of your sins, you might not have been forgiven of your sins. Uh, realize the burden that has been lifted off of you. We certainly look forward to a good day today. I'm going to preach from a very familiar chapter in the Old Testament, a familiar story, but I'm going to look at it a little bit different way this morning in <clears throat> 1 Samuel um, this past week. I've been battling a, a sickness, and uh, this time yesterday, I did not believe I was going to be able to be here today. Uh, NyQuil just does some amazing things. So, uh, I, I, had, I had the services lined up this morning uh, for staff men to uh, cover everything uh, because I just really was not feeling well. And uh, then the Lord put this message on my heart, and uh, I went ahead and uh, best I could, prepared it, and uh, then I felt very strongly and compelled by him that I was supposed to preach this message today, uh, that there was somebody, uh, certainly in any time the Word of God is preached, it helps all of us, uh, but he just really impressed upon me, as he does from time to time, uh, that there's just a message that needed to be preached today, uh, that if we don't all need to hear, there's somebody specifically, uh, whether in the service this morning, uh, watching by live stream, listening by the radio, who needs to hear this uh, today, and I uh, I know that it certainly uh, helps me as well, and so I just prayed and said, Lord, if you'll uh, make me better, I'll be there to preach it, and so I woke up <clears throat> this morning feeling somewhat better, and so I don't know how long I will last, uh, but hopefully long enough uh, to get the truths across that I believe that the Lord would have me get across this morning. First uh, Samuel chapter number 17, uh, let's begin reading in verse number 20. If you will, uh, follow along with me in verse number 20 of 1 Samuel 17. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, <clears throat> army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. <clears throat> and David heard them. Now, it's important to understand what words was he talking about at the beginning of the chapter. Uh, Goliath defies uh, the armies of the living God. He defies uh, the God of Israel. He defies Israel. And so now he's repeating those words. At this time, David is there to hear them himself. Verse 24, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen the man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? <clears throat> For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride <coughs> and the naughtiness of thine heart. 
For thou art come down, that thou mightest see the battle. Here's our text verse this morning. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? I imagine that there have been <coughs> hundreds, of, if not thousands of messages preached from verse number 29. Is there not a cause? I know that I've preached from this passage before. <coughs> this, excuse me, this morning, though, I want to look at it from a little bit different angle. The title of my message this morning is The Cause Needs You. The Cause Needs You. <coughs> we can talk about all morning the cause of Christ. It's a very real thing. And we can talk about the need that is in our day. We certainly can see the need. <clears throat> but this morning, I want to use the Word of God to speak to us in this manner. The cause needs you. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray that for the next few minutes, you would put our attention, <clears throat> our focus on your Word. Uh, Father, I pray that you would give me the strength needed this morning to deliver the message that I believe you've put on my heart. And Father, I pray this morning that uh, whatever needs to be done, whatever work that you want to do in our hearts today, may it be done. I do believe that we are in the final hours. I believe that uh, the return of your son is imminent. And Father, I pray that if there's one here unsaved, they'll get that settled today. But Father, those of us who have already <coughs> made that decision, Father, I pray that we let the Word of God speak to us this morning. May the Spirit of God work in our hearts this morning. May the things that are said uh, register with us and resonate with us and uh, require us to make a decision for you today. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We think of the message this morning, the cause needs you. And I want to speak to all of us today, and I want to remind all of us and tell all of us <clears throat> that the cause which we speak of, the cause of Christ, needs <clears throat> each and every one of us. I want to speak to the young man, the young lady, the young adult this morning, and you're still trying to figure out uh, what it is that you're going to do in life. Uh, let me just tell you this morning that the cause needs you. I want to speak to moms and dads today, husbands and wives. You're rearing your children, doing the best you can to rear your children according to the Word of God. I want to tell you this morning that the cause needs you. <clears throat> I want to speak to the <clears throat> older, uh, more seasoned adult this, this morning. Maybe uh, you're in your senior years and you can't do what you used to do. You don't have the strength that you used to have. I want to tell you this morning that the cause needs you. <clears throat> Maybe this morning you've been saved for 50 years or so. The cause needs you. Maybe you've been saved for five days. You have been saved very long. The cause needs you. I want to say to the church member <clears throat> this morning, you've been a member at the Emanuel Baptist Church for not just years but decades. <clears throat> I want to remind you that the cause needs you. Those of you, you may be visiting. You, this may be your, uh, you may be returning visitors. Or you may be, have been here just a short time. I want to remind all of us, regardless of where our membership sits, the cause needs you. <clears throat> if we're going to fully understand the cause uh, and, and the fact that it needs us this morning, we need to be reminded of what the cause is. We need to identify the cause. The cause in our text this morning for David was to defend and fight for the name of Jehovah. Uh, this was a battle between the armies of God and the armies of the Philistine, uh, good and evil. It's always been that way. 
And when God was cursed and when God was defied, uh, the cause needed for somebody to stand and defend and fight for the name of God. But this is not the same cause that we have today. Our cause today is to preach the name of Jesus Christ, to live in a way that brings honor to the name of Jesus Christ. It's a different day that we live in than it was in the day of David. I don't think any of us need to get our slingshot out and go be the liberal in the alley. That's not our cause today. Our cause today is to preach the name of Jesus. Our cause today is to rear our children in a way that would bring honor and glory to God. Our cause today is to live in a way that the the world can see the light of Christ in each and every one of us. This is the cause. And this is the cause, let me say today, in a day we live in when evil is elevated, a day we live in when nonsense is given credibility, more than any other time in history, I believe, do Christians need to understand, yes, there is a cause. I believe that we could all, we'd all say amen to that. I don't think you'll find a Christian in, in many places who would, who would have to have explained the, 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 what the cause is, the cause of Christ, how we need to uh, advance the cause of Christ. But I want to say to all of us this morning, yes, there is a cause. It is the cause of Christ. It is proclaiming His name. It is preaching His name. But I want to, to be more specific to you and I this morning. This cause to which we know of, this cause to which we believe in, it needs you. It, the cause needs each and every one of us. Perhaps this morning you sit here and you say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. And I believe in the cause. And I believe we need to advance the cause of Christ. But how can somebody as insignificant as me uh, be needed by such a cause as great as the cause that we're talking about? Well, let me use <clears throat> David for just a moment, if I may. This was not mighty King David in this text. This was a lad who was keeping sheep who was sent on an errand to take food to his brothers because he was not even able to be in the battle yet. How insignificant did this one must have felt? He's there in his his, his, garb that a shepherd would be wearing. He's not wearing any armor. He's not wearing the the, the, uh, attire of a soldier. He is there as an errand boy. And yet it is him who was thrust. He sees the cause. It was he who asked the question, is there not a cause? Often we look at the magnitude of what's going on in our world, the magnitude of what's going on in our nation, and we say we need somebody to make a difference. Well, friend, I'm here to tell you this morning that the somebody that can make a difference, the somebody that needs to make a difference is you. And you can feel insignificant this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know what I can do, but I'm here to tell you the cause needs you. No matter who you are today, you are needed to help advance the cause of Christ. Every mother needs to understand the importance they have to rear their children according to the admonition of this book. Every dad, every head of house needs to understand the importance of their home being one that honors and glorifies God. We as a church, we must be reminded that it is the church that God has founded, the church that God has ordained to make a difference in this world. We are needed, I find in this story. Let me just go back to the fact that sometimes we feel insignificant. Let me just say this, because this will help some, some people. God needs your strengths. God needs your weaknesses. The cause needs your successes. Because it can help his cause. 
Let me help you with something. The cause needs your failures. Because there's somebody else who will be able to identify, hey, I failed, but I got up. Look what God has done in my life. There's somebody that you can help. God needs you. If he needed the an errand boy to stand in the gap, and he needs all of us, and sometimes we feel insignificant, but I want to remind you this morning, the cause needs you. I find in our passage, I find a lot of spectators <clears throat> that claim to be soldiers. There's a lot of spectators who they heard the challenge. Certainly they had taken their oath. Certainly they had, they, they had their training. But there were a lot of spectators, not quite sadly, and frankly, I find a lot of spectators in the spiritual battle today. There's a lot of spectators who know who the enemy is. They know what the cause is, but they're not willing to step in and do what is needed to be done when it comes to the cause. Now, let me remind you, we know the end of this story. We know David and Goliath. We know David in a slingshot. We know how David uses that sling to slay the mighty giant. We know at the end, David takes his own sword, uh, Goliath's own sword, and cuts his head off, and a great victory is won. But when David asked the question, is there not a cause, David did not know how this was going to end up. He just knew that somebody needed to shut that guy's mouth up. Somebody needed to, to fight who needed to fight. And quite frankly, there's a lot of talk among Christians today. We know what the problem is. We know what's going on in our nation. We know what's going on in our society. But yet we don't want to commit as we need to commit in the cause. Righteousness exalts the nation. We are important to the cause. I still believe God's people hold the keys to what takes place not just in our nation, but in our world. Each and every one of us is needed by the cause. We don't need any more spectators. We need those who are willing to, be, we need those who are willing to give themselves to the cause. Let me just make a few observations that I see from our text this morning, our story that can be related to the fact that the cause needs us. Number one, let me say the cause needs you to be fully committed. There are a lot of soldiers that day who dressed the part of a soldier, but they weren't fully committed. Matter of fact, they were where the soldiers were supposed to be on a, at a particular time. Much like there's a lot of Christians in the house of God today, but they weren't fully committed. They taught the talk, they knew what was at stake, but they were not fully committed. Now, you will not convince me that those soldiers there did not know that, that the cause was worthy to be fought over. They knew it. I imagine if they had social media that day, there'd have been a lot of posts going out about how somebody needs to shut Goliath up. Somebody needs to do something. But as children today, as children of God today, we think of the cause David decided that he would be fully committed. He stood out in the crowd because he was fully committed. He was mocked by his older brother because he was fully committed. Quite frankly, and I, all of us need to evaluate our own lives, and in 2022, this is something that we need to determine now, that we need to be fully committed. Only you can answer that question. Are you fully committed to the cause? And we're going to help answer that question this morning, but the cause needs you to be fully committed.
committed. We don't need any more spectators. I thank God. I praise the Lord that God, Jesus will save anybody who wants to be saved, aren't you? But after he saves us, there's a cause that we are to propagate. There's a cause that we are to be a part of. And if we're not part of the solution, quite frankly, we become part of the problem. And we must be fully committed. Why is it that we'll be fully committed to everything but the cause of Christ? We'll be fully committed to our career. We'll be fully committed to our, our, our sports team. We'll be fully committed to our hobby. We'll be fully committed to our neighborhood association. But we can't be fully committed to the cause of Christ. I don't, I don't understand it. Well, there's just a lot of pressure. You know, all these other things that we're committed to put pressure on us. But the greatest cause that exists is the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me help you determine whether or not you're ready to be fully committed. See, when David approached that scene that day, there were a bunch of spectators there. They had not decided to commit. Now, David had a decision to make. David had to decide how committed he was to that cause. And he asked the question, is there not a cause? I think we could all identify with that. Is there not a cause? Look what's happened in our world today. Look what's happened in our country today. Look what's happened in our society today. Look what's happened in our churches today, our homes. But see, to be fully committed to the cause is to be fully committed to Christ. It's to live a fully surrendered life. Christian today, are you fully surrendered to Christ? Are you living a fully surrendered life? Whatever he wants from me, can he have? As I read this book, and if, if there's something in my life that's in conflict with the word of God, am I willing to change it? Whatever he chooses for me, I must be fully committed to him. To be fully committed to Christ is to be fully committed to his word. Because it's by his word we become like him. Really, when it gets down to it as a Christian, are we fully committed to the word of God? Are we going to follow this book? What, what guides your home? Is it the world's philosophy or is it the word of God? Is it society or is it the word of God? What guides your life? What is it that makes decisions for you. Well, Pastor, just however I feel that day, that's the problem. Because truth of the matter is, we will betray. Our flesh will betray us. And if we're going to be fully, I'm not talking about being saved. Yes, you must know that you're saved. And this morning, you need to know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. But we're talking beyond that today. Are you fully committed? I'm not even asking you if you were fully committed in the past. I'm asking you, are you fully committed today? Or are we just going to be content being spectators, talking about the problem, identifying the problem, pointing out there is a problem, or are we going to be fully committed to Christ by being fully surrendered? Are we going to be fully committed to the cause of Christ by being fully committed to the Word of God? To be fully committed to Christ is to be fully committed to His church. This is sometimes Christians don't like this. But you can't separate it from the Bible. You can't separate Christ's institution, Christ's church from Christ. We say, what would Jesus do? He'd go to church on Sunday. Because when you read the New Testament, where do you find him? You find him at the temple. You find him at the house of God. That's what he would do. 
There's a, there, there's, and I, I do believe I, I, we have problems in our nation. But in the midst of all the discouragement of the last couple of years, I have been somewhat encouraged because I do believe that there are a whole lot of Christians that still live in the United States of America. Or are they fully committed? Are we where we're supposed to be? How committed are you to your Savior? I can't answer that question for you. I can only answer it for me. How committed are you to His cause? How surrendered are you to Him? There's something He asked of you today. Would you be willing to do it? Let me help you answer that. There's something He's already asked you in the past and you're not doing it. You already have your answer. Are we fully committed? Are we fully committed to His Word? I have the same responsibility as a Christian that you have as a Christian. That's to be fully committed to the Word of God. Let the Word of God govern us. Are we fully committed to His church? Well, we ought to be fully committed to His church. There should be no other, no other organization this is, that, that we're more committed to. than how, Well, Pastor, I can't be at church because I have a conflict over here. Uh, well, we, ought to, we ought to miss what's going on over there so that we can be in church. Say, Pastor, that's it. I'm talking about fully committed. Fully committed. Have you read the book of Acts? Were they fully committed Christians? I believe so. We hear today, and quite frankly, there are many infringements, not just on our liberty, but the goal is to, it's, 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 it's a satanic, satanic attack behind it. We forget that Satan himself is, he, he's in charge of the principalities and the power and, and, and the government institutions, and it's to silence the word of God. It is to silence the preaching of the word of God. So what are we going to do? Well, if we're not fully committed now, are we, what are we really going to do when it comes time to take the stand that we have to take? The cause needs you to be fully committed. Number two, the cause needs you to be willing to do what others will not. David was willing to do what others would not, was not willing to do. Are you willing to do what others would not? See, I, we, we're, we're critical of those soldiers, and we probably should be because... They heard the things that were Goliath was saying. They knew it was at stake. But none of them were bold enough, brave enough to do anything about it. We find even King Saul, we find, a, we find a, an irresponsible leader. He wasn't, the one, he wasn't going out there. We find a young man that had the touch of God on him who was willing to say, I'll do what others were not, are not willing to do. And what did God do for him? Because ultimately, this is a victory God wanted. This is a victory God was going to win for His people. And I still believe in 2022, God is still looking for children of God. God is still looking for Christians, Christian men, Christian ladies, Christian young men, Christian young ladies who are willing to say, I'm going to do what nobody else is willing to do. And quite frankly, if you're going to be a dedicated, fully committed Christian in the day we live in, you must be willing to live in a way that others are not willing to live. I don't, I don't think that everybody who doesn't live the way I live is unsaved. I don't think that at all. I don't even look at them with a critical eye. I don't even look at them. I'm just, I, there's some things that I feel like God wants me to do, and I'm willing to live in a way so that I can best do the things that God is, wants me to do. 
If I'm going to be able to stand and fulfill my obligation as your pastor, then I must put the effort and the time in to study the Word of God, to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to spend time in prayer. There are things that I would enjoy doing that are not sinful, we're not wrong, but I can't take the time to do them because, quite frankly, the cause requires me to do certain things so that I can advance the cause, so that I can make a difference in the cause. And if we are going to do that in the day we live in, and we can, we can sit back and we can tweet about all the problems, we can, we can talk about everything that's going on, but are there going to be some Christians who will say, I'll fully commit, meaning that I'm going to be willing to do some things that others aren't willing to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the church every time the doors are open. Not every Christian is willing to do that. I'm going to tithe like I ought to. Not every Christian is willing to do that. I'm going to give to missions. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to live a clean and holy life. You know, we have, we have lowered the standards of what it means to be a Christian in this world we live in. Nowadays, you just got to have a bracelet and a t-shirt and you're a Christian. If you hashtag it once in a while, you're a Christian. I use a little humor there, but sadly, Christians, we live in a day where it's like, well, if they're a Christian, I know they're honest. I know I can trust them. Nowadays, I don't want to do business with a Christian. Because if they're leading with, hi, I'm a Christian, I want to do business with you. I know what that means. shouldn't be that way. But don't miss the point that I'm making. If, we are going, if, the, if we're going to do what we need to do for the cause, we must be willing to do what others will not. If you're going to rear your children to serve God, to live as a Christian, not to live, you're going to be alone. For the, this is why it's important for you to be faithful to church because you get encouragement there. Because you realize you're not alone. But you may be the only one in your family that says, you know, we're just not going to do that. You don't have to discuss the reason why. We're just, say, well, does that mean I'm not saved if I don't? No, and we need to get out of this mentality. Well, you know, just, you know, this Bible and, and these Baptists and this is what they, you know. No, why don't we get to the place where it's like the cause needs me. This world is dying and going to hell. This world is getting more wicked and more wicked. God put me here at this time. I want to make a difference. I, 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 in order to do that, I've got to be willing to do... Let's apply this to, to, to athletics. The, yes, there's some natural ability in these professional athletes, and I've used a little illustration before, but those that are willing to go beyond, they're the ones who excel. They're the ones who... Boy, it's like they're a generational... That, 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 look what they have done. What have they done? They've been willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. As a Christian, understanding the cause, am I going to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do? Maybe I have got to be willing to get up an hour earlier so that I can have some time in my Bible. I can't have some time in prayer. Maybe there's some habits, there's some things I need to cut out of my life. I, I'm just saying this morning, the cause needs you. We don't need less Christian homes. We need more. We don't need less committed Christians. We need more. We need to be committed to the cause. So the cause needs you to be willing what others will not do. We have the example of David. We have the example I've already referred to the church in Acts, the early New Testament church. They went against their culture. They went against society. Many of them paid for that with their life. They were not the most popular, but they were willing to do what others would not do. And quite frankly, it's that way you just take general history. 
Well, you just read our history of our nation. There was, there was a man, there was somebody willing to do what others would not do, and they were thrust into a place where they could make a difference. It's certainly true with the cause of Christ, which is so much more vital. Somebody who's willing to, I want to make a difference for God. I want, I want my home to make a difference. Then you must be willing to do what others will not do. It means you must make a stand that others will not take. We get complimented all the time. Well, you're young people. We, I wish our church had young people like that. Well, you must be willing to do what others would not be willing to do. I want my children to, to love the Lord when they're adults. It means to be willing to do what others will not do. I, 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 want, I, want, I want my life to be one that reflects You must be willing to do what others will not be willing to do. Well, my time here is done on this earth, and whether the Lord calls us all home together or my time is done here, I want my life to have been one that helped the cause, that advanced the cause. I know the only way is for me to do things that others are not willing to do. Number three, the cause needs you to sacrifice your own comforts. David put himself out there. He put himself in harm's way. There's a lot of Christians today that know what I'm saying is true. They're 100% on board with what the cause is and the need of the hour. And I, I, since I've been more vocal the last year, the fact that righteousness exalts a nation, not Republicans, and we don't need a political revolution, we need a spiritual one, it's been encouraging and amazing to me, just not even in our own church, people in general, how refreshing they find that. Because it is God that makes the difference. It is Him. But we know, again, we know it, but are we willing to do what is necessary to make it be done, which means we're going to have to sacrifice our own comforts. If we're going to serve the Lord, there might be something that gets left off of our list. I mentioned tithing. We did a series on stewardship last year, and you get talking about tithing and, and giving that 10% to God as the Bible teaches. It's like, well, Pastor, if I start with that, there's something that you know, I just can't afford to do that. You can afford it. You just may have to cut something out. If we're going to Send the missionary. We need to send missionaries around the world. Okay, who's going to support them? Well, I, I didn't mean that, Pastor. I just wanted to, we need to send missionaries. God will provide a way. Yeah, he probably impressed upon you to help provide that way. It's something that we need to be reminded of, but we need to sacrifice our own comforts. In my opinion, this is what is devastating Christianity in America today. We're comfortable. We're, we're wealthier in spite of the inflation. Despite what's going on, we're wealthier than we've ever been. It's amazing the way things have changed in the last 10 to 20 years. It is easier to make money in the United States of America than it has ever been. Literally, if you have a cell phone, you can make a living. We live in a wealthy society. We have the American dream out there. And parents, unknowingly, we make poor decisions when we put that American dream in front of our kids instead of why don't we give ourselves to the cause and let God take care of us. I'm not against the things I just mentioned, but when we're too comfortable to be willing to dedicate ourselves to the cause, that then becomes a problem. Sometimes... They're not bad things. 
But sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice your own comforts, your, the way you serve, the way you stand. Uh, you think of our history and how there's been several times throughout our history that when young men, 18, 19, 20 years of age, had their whole life ahead of them, had all their dreams and aspirations ahead of them, sacrificed those and would go to another, another land to fight for our freedom. Many never returning home. Was there a cause? Well, certainly there was. They were willing to sacrifice their own comforts. Spiritually speaking, why is it that Christians today, sometimes we just get too comfortable? I'll be the Lord sitting here this morning to remind all of us that if we, if the cause, the cause needs us, but in order for us to make a difference in the cause, sometimes we have to sacrifice some things. Sometimes to take the stand, and we, we've seen some of the things that have taken place in our country. It's like, well, you just, you just might, to take the right stand, you might just have to sacrifice your job. You might have to sacrifice this. You might have to sacrifice that. And, and if our country requires it, then I'm not against doing that as, as, as a patriotic American. But when it comes to the cause of Christ, we've got to be willing to, to make the sacrifices necessary, to take the stands necessary, so the cause can be advanced that the cause of Christ can put forward. And we as Christians have got to be willing to do that. If God requires a sacrifice, we should be willing to make it. That doesn't mean that we ought to go looking for it, but that's always going to be required of us. Then number four, and finally, the cause needs you to have complete faith in God. There is no reason why David should have had the confidence that David had. We'll talk, we don't have time this morning to continue reading the story, but we know how it ends. David goes to Saul, and Saul says, let me give you my armor, and David didn't take his armor, didn't fit. How are you going to fight him? I have my sling. I, I, I know how to use it. And by the way, Christian, you know, we know how to pray. We know how to read the Bible. That's good enough for us. We can use that. And sometimes say, well, I don't have what's necessary to fight. No, we, we fight the things that have worked for us as Christians since Jesus Christ was here. He goes and then he goes out and he takes the sling and he takes the stone. And of course, he's got the experience of the killing the lion and the bear. And if you read the story, he runs to Goliath. He talks a pretty big talk when he runs toward. Now, bear in mind, Goliath's 10 feet tall. Goliath's a man that they were not used to dealing with. He was a mighty warrior. But David entered that battle with only one thing, complete faith in God. Let me remind all of us this morning, remind this preacher this morning too. We don't have to have what we think we have to have to help the cause of Christ. We've just got to be willing to have complete faith in God. Let me remind all of us that are parents that still rear our children something that we don't like to acknowledge. We don't have the wisdom to rear our children. But you know who does? God. And he'll give us the wisdom that we need. 
He'll help us in the way that we ought to rear them. The Bible gives us the instruction we need. We must have complete faith in God. No matter what you face today, we must have complete faith in God. Say, Pastor, what's going to happen in our country in the next few years? Well, I mean, I can speculate like everybody else, but I just know whatever we face, I have complete faith in God. Does the government, who's got everything in control? I, I know who has things in control. God does. God has it in control. We must have complete faith in God. As I look at the cause and the things that David did, it reminds me the cause needs us to be fully committed. The cause needs us to be willing to do what others will not. The cause needs us to sacrifice our own comforts. How can we do that? It's number four. If we just have complete faith in God. Complete faith in God. I'm convinced of this. There are many Christians who don't just know what I'm saying this morning is true and is right. They believe it. But the difference in whether or not we're willing to take that step like David did is whether or not we're we're willing to have complete faith in God. Pastor, I don't know how it's going to work out. Do we trust God? Well, I need, to, I need to make sure that I have this in reserve. No, do you trust God? Have complete faith in God. I want to be an individual that has complete faith in God. Complete trust in Him. As we conclude this morning, I want to remind us that the cause needs each and every one of us. You'll find a motivation to continue and not quit when you realize the cause needs you. Everybody gets weary. Every Christian gets weary. Every spouse gets weary. Every parent gets weary. What's the motivation? Well, my husband, my wife needs me. My children need me. But we can apply that even further spiritually. My church family needs me. My church needs me. You know, I, I need my post. My, if I'm not there to serve, who's going to serve in my spot? You know, if you work at a place where there's many Christians, you ought to be thankful for that, but you may work somewhere where you're the only Christian. God may have placed you there, that place of employment, for you to be the light with everybody that you come in contact with. He, he may have put you there because there's somebody that's going to cross your path at a hard time, a dark time, and you're going to be willing to advance the cause by either giving them the gospel, advance the cause, by being a help and encouragement to them. When you find that the the cause needs you, you find motivation to continue. Friend, this morning, I I know this has been a good reminder to me, and I trust this has been a good reminder to all of us, but the cause needs you. There are many who are unable to be here today because of sickness. There are many through the years and with all the different COVID distractions and all these different things and people deal with different burdens in different ways and heartaches and losses over the last couple of years, there's some who just quite frankly aren't as faithful as they should be. Pastor, why do you bring that up? Because I want to express not displeasure or disapproval, but I just want to make an appeal and say the cause needs you. Needs you. We live in a day when it's a very serious day. If you're here this morning and you're discouraged, you say, well, I'm, I'm throwing in a towel. Don't. Nobody's going to miss me if I'm gone. That's not true. 
There's somebody that you can help that nobody else can help. There's somebody that you can encourage that nobody else can encourage. You, you are the parent of those children. You are the spouse of that individual. You are the teacher in that Sunday school class. You are the usher that grieves. You are the nursery worker that has an opportunity to be a help and a blessing and even pray over. As a young adult, you don't know who it is that's watching you is encouraged by the fact that you live in this world when, when everything tells you to live opposite of the way the Bible tells you to, to do it and, and you still continue to do what you're supposed to do. You don't know what a help and encouragement that is. You may be discouraged. You may wonder if it's even worth it. Let me tell you, the cause needs you. You can make a difference. You are making a difference. How good do you think it felt when David slew Goliath, won a great victory, not for himself, but for God, for the armies of God? You know, and it's going to be a wonderful thing when we enter into the presence of our Savior. And I, like you, want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What determines whether or not it's well done? Is it how fast we ran the race? No. Is it whether or not we ever stumbled? No. It's the fact that we still had faith in God and said, I'm going to make a difference. The cause needs me. The cause needs me. I don't always feel up to and like doing with the things that I know that I'm expected to do and supposed to do, but I know the cause needs me. No matter who you are, say, oh, I just, I'm just very insignificant. But I was insignificant as an errand boy who was used to watching sheep. But God knew was, he was a man after God's own heart and God had him in a place. He said, I need somebody to do what nobody else is willing to do. I need somebody who's willing to be fully committed. When David said, is there not a cause, he kind of put himself out there. He was willing to do what others would not be willing to do. May we be willing to do what others are not willing to do. Somebody's got to be willing to do it. Somebody's got to pray for our nation. Somebody's got to be an example to the generations that are being reared in this church. Somebody's got to be willing to make a sacrifice for the generation behind them has what they need. Some mom and dad's got to be willing to say, you know, you know we just, this is a good reminder for us. We, we, we need to be willing to do what is necessary. Our children are our cause. The future our cause. We need to be willing to do what is necessary. Let's not be spectators. Let's do what's necessary. Let's depend on God so the cause may go forth. Father, I pray that you would use the message this morning.